Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The opinions, language, and discussion expressed in Disability After Dark may be explicit. Listener discretion advised. My name's Andrew Gerza, and I will be your scintillating sexy host as we light up the conversation on sex and disability like never before, right here on Disability After Dark. Hey there, thanks for clicking on episode 9 of Disability After Dark. I'm excited for this episode. It's going to be really, really kind of fun and flirty and sexy. We're going to talk about something that I really enjoy, but don't really have a lot of experience in, anal sex. I want to talk about anal sex and disability because, well, for lots of reasons. I want to talk about access to anal sex, uh, my fears around anal sex as a person with disabilities, what anal sex means to me, why I think it's important, why I think it's sexy as all hell, and why I'd like to actually engage in it, and how I also think there's not enough, uh, there's not enough literature on how to engage in anal sex as a person with disabilities. And I think we need to talk about that because what if you want to get fucked in the ass? What if that's something as a disabled person that you want access to but have no resources to learn how to do it? So today we're going to talk about taking a bite out of that big juicy peach, dumb cakes. We're going to talk about accessing anal sex as a disabled person. If I'm being completely honest with you guys, I've never actually engaged in, I've never been fucked in terms of anal sex. I've never really done any of that. I wanted to ever since I've started engaging in sex. I really have always been fascinated by anal sex. I've always been really turned on by, well, as a queer man, to be honest with you, I've been turned on by other queer men's moms. I think they're hot, and I think anal sex is really, really fun, and I enjoy doing what I can with it, which I'll get into in a minute, but I also never really felt like I could access it, and we're going to talk about that too. I just want to share with you some of my thoughts on anal sex as a person with disabilities and what I felt about anal sex when I was kind of learning about it and seeing it. So I first learned about anal sex in porn when I started watching gay porn. That's kind of where I figured out that two men in my case could engage in anal sex. Um, and I always loved watching it in porn. I was particularly turned on by the idea that these two men could be so close and it just felt really sexy to me. It just felt like something that was so raw and intimate between these two characters in these porns. I just felt like it was really something that I should be doing. Whenever I was younger and imagining people in high school that I wished that I was having sex with, as you do when you're a young teenager, I would always imagine being fucked by these men and, and being, you know, engaging in anal sex. But I also realized really quickly when I was imagining all this as a young queer person that I, that I always thought, oh, well, it's a great fantasy, but that'll never happen to me. That's not realistic for me. I can never do that. That's not accessible to me. So I always wanted it to be something that I could engage in. And even when I watch porn now, I watch guys get fucked, and I think, well, that's really hot, and I wish I could do that, but that's not something that I'm able to do. That's not something that I can do. That's not for me. That's not um, really something that I can access. As a disabled person, this kind of sex is not for me. If I'm being completely honest, given my level of disability and the type of CP that I have, 
I live with spastic cerebral palsy, which means that any time there's any kind of muscle contraction, any kind of excitement, happiness, fear, joy, being scared, my body will contract, my muscles will contract. If I'm going to know that something is going to uh, hurt me in any way, my muscles contract. So, And I also can't, I can't bend, I can't twist, I can't even see my own ass. Then I always looked at anal sex and thought, well, like, I'll never be able to really enjoy this. This is something that is completely off limits for me because look at how my body reacts to it. Um, I just never considered it something that I would enjoy. It looked completely inaccessible to me given my disability and for a few more reasons than you might think. I was really also worried about it for a few reasons, but I want to go back to, before I get into that, I want to talk to you about my relationship with my ass, okay? Let's talk about my relationship with my big juicy peach. I think that's what, or my, whatever, whatever is the euphemism for ass that we're using today, let's talk about my ass. So, in truth, I've never seen my ass, very, I've never even, I've never looked at it once, I've never seen it in the context of a sexual moment with myself. It's never been something that I really looked at because I can't bend or twist, so I could never see it. And I often see my ass as something that has to be cleaned and cared for and washed and all of that's what my ass is to me. It becomes part of the attendant services um, kind of regimen of my day where I never get to see it as something sexualized. So I've never looked at it. I've seen it briefly in brief moments of togetherness. I've seen my ass where I've been in the sling. That's where I see my ass. But I don't often get to look at it as you freely can do when you're able-bodied. You can go in a mirror and take a sexy ass shot like we all see on people's Instagrams. You can do all that stuff. My ass, I can't do that with. And so I, I have a really strange relationship with my own ass because I can't see it it's like there and it's part of my body but it's something that I never really get to look at I never really get to be like oh I have a nice ass today I've heard on one or two occasions from individuals that I have a nice bum but it's very rare and I don't really feel connected to my ass as a disabled person I mean even though I sit on it for 18 hours a day sit in my chair on my ass and we're always worried about bed sores and different things but I'm I'm, I'm lucky that I've never had that but that's the kind of relationship that I have with my ass. A very medicalized, non-sexualized, you're going to use your ass to go to the bathroom and you're going to use your ass to be washed and all that stuff. But it's never been sexualized in a fun, sexy way for me. So I've been really disconnected from my own bum, if you will. So part of the reason why I never saw anal sex, or I, I still never see anal sex as an option for me, as in being the bottom, being the one to get fucked, is because I don't have that kind of relationship with my ass. I don't have a relationship where I can see it as a sexual, as a as a object of sexual pleasure or sexual desire. I don't I don't get the chance to showcase it that way. It's a very different part of my body that I really don't get to see. People, other people in a care capacity have access to it that I don't, and so it becomes really something that you are really not as connected to as say the average person with their bum. We we tend to in our society see the bum as something as sexual, it's a sexual part of the body that we sexualize all the time, and for me, it's never, I've never had that relationship with my ass, and I've always wanted to have that relationship, but that's never been a relationship that I've been able to forge, because I don't 
get to see my ass that way. I never get to, it's never been sexualized the way that I want it to be. I would love for somebody, if anybody's listening who wants to sexualize my ass with me, I'm all about that, but I'm just telling you the truth. Because of my experience as a disabled man, my ass has never properly been sexualized to the point where I would believe that anal sex is something I could engage in and enjoy it. One of the other major worries that I had in terms of anal sex as a person with disabilities is cleanliness. If you can't see your own ass and you can't clean your own ass, I have somebody who wipes my bum for me when I go to the bathroom. I know that's sexy, right? Let's just let's just all visualize that for a minute. But it's true. I have somebody who wipes my bum for me like 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 the kings did back in the day. I have somebody who whose job that is. Um, and when you can't do that for yourself, I mean, we all know that shit happens when butt stuff goes down. There's a widespread understanding pretty sure there's a pun in there somewhere widespread maybe but anyway there's an understanding that you can take care of yourself if you engage in butt stuff that you can uh, clean yourself that you can take care of your ass you can do all those things that are necessary when you engage in butt stuff and so we don't really think of the other side of it when you can't do that what happens if you can't take care of yourself what happens if you can't clean yourself what happens if you can't douche yourself out? What, what are this? How does one, how does one do this, so that they, if they can't, what are the protocols if you're not able to physically do that for yourself? And what if you want to engage in sex, in anal sex? What do you, what do you do? What do you, what are the steps? What happens? I mean, nobody wants to be in this situation where they're with their partner, their kicks from the air, and they're ready to be eaten or or fucked, and they they go. Hey lover, do you think you could just wet my ass before you stick your tongue in there? Or wet my ass before you fuck me? Nobody wants to be in that position. And as a disabled person, there have been a few times where I've been worried that this might actually be my reality, where I'd have to tell my partner that um, they'd have to do this for me. And I'm scared of what they're going to say because they're going to think that I'm not clean, that I'm not, that I can't take care of myself, that why am I doing this with somebody who isn't clean and why wouldn't they do this beforehand, Bef- you know, why wouldn't they take care of this beforehand? If we're looking at beforehand, what, what am I going to do? Call my attendant and be like, hey, attendant, can you douche me out before this person eats me out? I mean, how in the fuck do you even have that conversation with your care staff? I'm not even sure how I would say to them I need you to take care of my ass before my, my sex partner gets there. I don't even know what I would say. It would be the most awkward conversation that I've ever had with the care staff. And, I mean, it would be funny, hilarious, but it would be so, so awkward. I'm not really sure how I would bring that about and say that to my staff without feeling weird about it. I mean, I would hope we'd have a good laugh about it, but I'm not sure. How do you even start that conversation about wanting to get fucked and needing your care staff to clean you beforehand? If anyone listening to this episode right now has tried to engage in anal sex, as somebody who can't see their ass and somebody who can't do that for themselves, has had these experiences with attendants, has had things that they can share about that, I'd love to hear your stories. Tweet me at Andrew Gerza and use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark and let's talk about it. Because I think more people need to hear these stories and hear how we as people with disabilities, as the sexy seated lot we are, manage this kind of stuff and manage to still engage in anal sex and feel confident about it. 
There's so much more I want to say on this topic. I want to go deep in the topic of anal sex and disability. have a lot more I want to say. But first, let's listen to a quick ad. And we'll be right back right here on Disability After Dark. Want to find out more about Disability After Dark, Disability Awareness Consulting, and me, Andrew Gerza? Head on over to the shiny, sexy, new www.andrewgerza.com. There you'll find the podcast, my blogs, and my press kit so you can hire me to bring Disability After Dark and Disability with Drew to your event, conference, or community group. Let's do Disability Together. Okay guys, so in this episode we're talking about anal sex. More specifically, we're talking about how anal sex feels or could feel for a person with disabilities. I've told you basically that I've never been fucked, that I've wanted to be fucked up the ass a whole bunch of times because I've considered it, you know, part of something that queer men do with each other and I've considered it a rite of passage as a queer man to be fucked and so I've never been fucked. I've wanted to many times but I just haven't because I considered that that was part of sex that was not accessible to me because of my disability, because of the CP, because of how all that felt. And so we talked a little bit earlier about cleanliness, but I'm also really worried about pain. I'm worried about how it's going to feel. I'm worried about that it's going to hurt. I'm worried that my ass might bleed. I'm worried about all these different things and how they interplay with disability. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that. So yeah, honestly, one of the things I'm mostly worried about is pain. I don't want to have pain. I hate pain. My body is a spastic CP person. When any, when there's the, even the slightest idea of pain, I freak out. I can't handle it. I, my body says, nope, we're not doing that. we got to shut down and take care of ourselves and not get hurt. I can't have pain because my spastic CP body exaggerates how the pain is going to feel. Even if, even if it's not really that painful, my body doesn't care. It's going to hurt because it's supposed to hurt. Pain is pain, and pain feels really heightened, for me anyway, as a person with spastic CP. Now, I feel like when we talk about anal sex, anyway, there's there's an expected level of discomfort that's supposed to come with that, even though it feels good and it feels pleasurable, from what I've heard anyway, there is an expected level of pain that's going to come with that, that will eventually turn into pleasure if done right. But I'm worried that my body won't know how to handle that and won't be able to get to the, the pleasurable the pleasurable part because of my disability and because of the spastic nature of my disability, every muscle will tighten up and it won't be like a sexy tightening like you're fucking me. It'll be like, oh my god, my body can't handle this. Oh my god, I can't do this. That's the kind of pain it'll be. Um, I'm worried that I won't be able to relax enough to let somebody fuck me. Um, I'm worried that a partner couldn't enter me because I literally would not let my body relax. If I knew you were going to enter me, I would tighten up. And there'd be no way that you'd be getting your dick in there or a finger or anything because I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to relax. My body would simply say, nope, we're not doing that. No, 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 no. And nobody wants to be like, hey, lover, so you're about to fuck me and that's great, but it's going to hurt really bad. And I might just chop your cock off with my spastic ass. Like, nobody nobody wants to tell their partner that they will not relax enough for them for them to get fucked. That's just, that's not sexy, but that's the reality that I'm worried about. I don't want to tell my partner that I might not relax my body for them to enter me if I wanted them to. 
I, I want to be able to relax, but I don't know how. And, and I mean, I've talked about this with people before, and they said, well, why don't you take, like, a muscle relaxant? Nobody wants to be loopy and, and, and unaware of what's happening when they're being fucked. I don't think that's safe either. So there's got to be a way to relax, to get somebody with a disability as severe as mine, to relax their body so they can be fucked. And that's something that I've always wanted to experience, but I'm never really sure how to bring it up to a partner. Because again, when we look at the idea of anal sex, there's really not a lot of conversation that goes into it. At least when I think about anal sex, I think about all the stuff you have to do to prepare, like douching and all that stuff. All those things seem to happen well in advance of the actual sex. So when the when the butt stuff does happen, um, we there's no not a, not a real conversation about it. Now I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure people do talk about it in the moment, but it seems very rare. And I don't know how I would bring up disability in that moment to make it sexy. I'm not really sure if that's something I could do. Um, I mean, I guess it's something that I'd have to figure out, but I, I don't quite know how to handle that. I remember there was a period of time last year where I was with a partner and I, they wanted to finger me and I was absolutely terrified because I was like, well, what if what if I can't relax? And they put their finger up there and it was fine and it, everything was fine, but I was absolutely terrified that I was gonna, it was going to hurt or I was going to hurt them or I was going to shit on them. There were so many, so many issues that I had with this whole experience. At the same time, I really wanted to be fucked. I wanted that to be an experience that I could engage in, and I felt as a person with a disability, I had too many things to worry about and too much fear around anal sex to let that happen at the time. But it is something that I'm very, very curious about and very, very interested in. But I'm just there's a lot of fear I have about letting somebody do that with me because I don't want them to think, like I talked about, that I'm dirty, and I don't want them to think that I can't do it. So, you know, I started thinking, is there a handbook for people with disabilities to learn about anal sex? And is there any information for them to properly engage in anal sex and be comfortable with it and talk about it and have experiences with it? And so I started looking around. I started Googling anal sex and disability, and I started looking at sexuality and disability handbooks. And I started looking all in all the informational pools to find something that would give me answers as a disabled person who wanted to engage in sex, and I want to kind of talk about what I found, or a lack of what I found. When I went rooting around, hunting around for stuff around sexuality and disability, particularly related to anal sex, I found an extremely limited pool of resources, which is not at all surprising, because we never talk about sex and disability enough, and so I wasn't surprised to not find a lot, but I was surprised to see that what I did find around sex and disability, around anal sex especially, was concerning for me as a proponent of full, enjoyable sex for people with disabilities, what I found was troubling. What I found was a lot of internet questions from individuals with disability who uh, wanted to engage in anal sex and had questions about how to do it. So they'd ask, like, hey, I'm somebody with a disability and I want to get fucked or I want to engage in anal sex. How is it that I can do this? Can anybody give me advice? And I found this on like a number of different sites. People genuinely asking, I want advice on this. I want to know what to do and I want to know how to do this the right way. Can somebody advise me, please? And I, I kept finding the same answer. And the answer was this. The people who were advising the individuals with disabilities on what to do with anal sex 
would say things like, well, you can engage anal sex. It's not impossible for you. You totally could do that, but we believe that there are other options for you. You should try toys. You should try other ways of intimacy. Oral sex is good, which it is. Oral sex is great. I love oral sex. But they were basically deterring somebody with a disability from engaging in anal sex. They were telling them that, no, 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 you don't have to do this. There are other ways for you to try. You don't need to engage in sex like this. Try another way. I found that to be really, really problematic and really, really extremely divisive in saying that this sex simply isn't for your body. Sorry, you don't get to, you don't get to try this. Sorry about that. That's not for you. And that's not the message we should be sending to individuals with disabilities who want educational resources on how to engage in proper sex for themselves. I don't think that's fair, and I think it's really, really a big flag in how we consider sexuality and disability. I'll be entirely honest, though. I was contacted by somebody in the UK recently who works at a sexual health clinic, and they were asking me about anal sex and did I have any resources and I had to be really honest with them. And when we were talking, I said, you know, I don't have any. And also, I said, as a person with disabilities, quite honestly, maybe anal sex is not for this person. And then I felt like an asshole for saying that because why shouldn't it be? Everybody should, be, should have the right to engage in whatever kind of sex they so choose. And we need to have information available to everybody that says this is something you can engage in and it's okay. And I, the fact that we don't have enough of that is really, really problematic. And it, like I said, it sends a giant message to the disabled community, especially if you are a disabled queer man, such as myself, who wants to engage in anal sex, who has been taught by his community that anal sex is the be-all and end-all of sex. When you can't engage in that and you're an argument, no proper resources as to how to do that for yourself, you feel like you're missing out on something that is really important, that all of your peers get to experience as, quote, real queer people or something. I know it's stupid, but that's kind of how you feel, um, that you're, you're, you're being denied access to something that is really kind of, it's a, it's a staple in, in queer communities, queer male, male-on-male or men who have sex with men communities. Anal sex is how we engage a lot of the time. And so when you can't access that, you feel like you've been, you're missing out. Do you want to keep the conversation lit around sex and disability? Want to spark a conversation about something you heard on the show? Feel like shining some light on an issue that I haven't even thought of? You can do all that and get the inside scoop on what happens in my brain after dark by following me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A. And be sure to use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark all over your social media so we can shine light on sex and disability together. When I was looking on the internet for resources, and I really did spend a lot of time really looking to see what kind of information was out there, if anything, I kept finding the same kind of generic anal sex tips for particularly queer men. What I was finding was they would tell you things like 10 tips on how to be a better bottom that you should. I actually found a thing that told that said that suggested that in order to have better anal sex, you should let him stick it in you and, and moan really loud to say you enjoyed it. There was no real discussion of pain. Um, 
They all expected that you would be a you would be a better bottom if you did certain things, quote, better bottom. And I just was I was upset because I was like, this is so ableist. This has nothing to do with my experience. These well, a lot of what I was seeing was really again really attractive, homonormative, queer looking men who totally looked like they could totally take a dick up their ass, which is great. But what about the young queer guy with a huge dick who and a great ass who wants to engage in that experience? What do they do? Where do they turn? And and having only this type of information available. And when you do ask for this information, being told repeatedly that it's not for you, just, it makes me so angry because it shouldn't be that way. We need to have full information. We need to have books about anal sex and disability. We need to have books about oral sex and disability, which is another topic that I'm working on for a coming episode. So get ready for that because oral sex is great and I'm really good at it. But we, anal sex is an important topic that everybody deserves to have access to. I just got extremely tired of seeing things like breath control, moan for him, eliminate your pain by doing this, put your ass up in the air and let him enter you, all these things that I wish I could do that were just not accessible to me. And it was really frustrating to see this kind of information because as a queer consumer who, like I said, is taught that being having anal sex is the be-all and end-all of queer sex. I don't believe that, but I think it is a large part of the queer male culture. Um, to see all of this stuff geared towards how you should be a better bottom, better ways for you to fuck, all these things, it says, like, it says to me that I can't access that, and I just thought, fuck, can't a cripple just get their cherry popped around here? Can't, they, can't a cripple just get fucked? What if I just want to get fucked really well, and I want stuff catered to my experience as a queer cripple to do that properly. If anybody out there listening wants to help me write the handbook around anal sex and disability, which I'm actually thinking about calling Accessing Anal because I think it would be a great title and really fun to play with that topic. Anybody who wants to help me write that, head over to my Twitter, Andrew Gerza, and let's talk about it because I think we need more resources and I think we need the resources to come from individuals who have experience or who want to have experience and what we need to understand what those realities are and how to make sex and disability more accessible and I think starting with anal sex would be a really great fun different topic that we never really talk about when it comes to sex and disability so anybody who wants to let's talk about that for real so far we've talked about how I can't access anal sex and how I feel as a disabled queer person queer man who can't access anal sex and how that's frustrating as all hell and how I wish that I could and how we need proper resources to talk about that stuff. But there is a part of anal sex that I really, really super lots enjoy and I want to talk about that now and let you know that there is stuff that I can do and that I'm really good at that I enjoy. So let's talk about that now. So while I am not able to be fucked, I am able to eat a good ass. I'm really, really good at that. I learned very quickly as a young queer person that I couldn't fuck, get fucked, but I could really, really eat a good ass. And I, I, it's one of my favorite things to do with a partner because in terms of disability, I don't have to do very much. I get to just kind of lie there while a juicy, juicy peach is handed to me. Not handed to me, but you know... Well, the juicy peach comes down on me, um, 
and I get to, you know, I'm really, really, you learn when you have a disability, especially spastic CP like mine, you get really good in using your tongue, and so I have really good tongue control, and I'm able to do a lot of really good things with the inside of an asshole with my tongue, and so what I really enjoy about that, and why I think it's important to talk about that is because I can't get fucked and really engage in the anal sex that I'd like to engage in, but I can provide pleasure to another partner using my tongue and using what's available to me. And I don't have to do a lot of work. I don't have to contour my body or twist or worry so much about pain. I get to enjoy giving someone else pleasure anally, and that's, to me, very, very important as a disabled queer man. I still get to engage in anal sex in a very particular way, but I don't have to worry about pain. Now, it is important that when you're eating ass as a disabled person, imagine being in the dead turtle position with someone's ass in your face. You have to make sure you can breathe. Breathing is very important. Make sure that you can breathe when you're eating ass, because if you can't and you're in the dead turtle position, that's kind of problematic. So make sure you talk to your partner about breathing first before you dive in there. But I think it's really important that we talk about how we can still engage in anal sex in different ways without worrying about being the one to get fucked and how we can't get fucked and how crappy that is. Because I agree, it sucks. But we should look at the positives. And the positives are I can still eat somebody out and have them really enjoy it. Instead of cake by the ocean, what about crip by the ocean? There's also another way that I can engage in anal sex that I kind of enjoy. I can top somebody. Now, I, I hate the top-bottom binary. I must say that those binaries don't work for me. I really think they're divisive. I hate it when people uh, refer to themselves as, oh, I'm a, I'm a total top, bro. I'm a total bottom. I think those divisions are gross, and I will not adhere to them. But I do enjoy topping a person from time to time. And why this is cool is because while I don't have the physical ability to thrust my hips, as some people do, I just don't because of my disability, I am able to act as a, what I refer to as a human dildo. So I'm a human dildo. I proudly refer to myself as this. I am somebody who you can ride, you can ride me until the cows come home. I can't do any work, but at least you can manage the comfort level and the speed. And basically I am a human dildo and we both get enjoyment out of it because I'm able to provide pleasure with my body in a way that doesn't require me to do a lot of work. So I enjoy that part of being a top. I enjoy having somebody ride me. Um, I enjoy being able to provide pleasure that way anally, and I enjoy what I can do. But I do really feel like we need to talk more about ways that people with disabilities can be fucked and enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed this episode talking about cribble cakes, them peaches with disabilities, and I think we need to really engage in a more full, widespread, I'm going to say widespread again, conversation about anal sex and disability. And I think, I hope that all of you at some point can access anal as you choose. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. Copyright notice. The Disability After Dark podcast, including title, graphic, content, interview recordings, and title music produced and recorded by Chris Ujiuchi are property of Andrew Gerza. This podcast cannot be reproduced without permission from the owner. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shh.
shining a bright light on sex and disability.